0: When we we talk about money, I think each of us comes to it from uh, a little bit of a different perspective because we've each had our own uh, set of environment around us that have influenced the way we perceive money, our cultural context, our our family life, um, the the country in which we we live in. So many things uh, can affect the way we we look at money. I, I was thinking about Uh, My own uh, perspectives and and how they've they've shifted over the years Um, You know as a a real young kid. I never even thought about money, right? Like, you know birthdays came and I got gifts and that was cool And you know, I I was always excited with whatever I, I got if I think back I know most most times I only got one gift, right? That's I would get one 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 thing and that would be my, my gift, because that's the household we lived in, and that's sort of what we had. Uh, as I got older, you know, uh, my parents were very financially responsible people, and I think maybe perhaps that is what made me think that, oh, we, we don't have a lot. We always have to be careful with our money. You know, I, I we didn't have the things that some of my other uh, friends and, and family uh yeah, extended family had, right? We, we didn't have as, as much as they did. We didn't have the newest game system. We didn't have the, um, you know, best of, of this or that. Our house wasn't as nice as some of the other houses. But then as I got older, you know, I, I, I began to see things a, a little differently. And I would talk with uh, Lisa and she's like, what are you talking about? You guys didn't have money. You guys had tons of money. I mean, your parents had, you know, multiple properties. They had the rental property and then you had your home and, you know, your, your property there was big and you guys always seemed to have some sort of something. And, and I'm sitting there going, what? What are you talking about? And, and so it, a lot of it has to do with perspective. And I remember going on missions trips and going to, to Hong Kong and, and, you know, seeing... Uh, in parts of Hong Kong, like these massive buildings and, and people who were extremely well-dressed and then in other parts where they were in these huge skyscrapers that bare-bones basic sort of thing and, and they, they would hang their clothes out to dry because that was the only way to dry your clothes because you couldn't afford to do it any other way. And then going to, to places like Mexico and, and Guatemala and seeing people living in, in shacks and realizing how much I had. I mean, you know, we have, we have three vehicles. Now, they may not be the nicest vehicles, but they're very functional. You know, I, I've got my motorcycle. We've got a car. And we've got a minivan that gets the whole family around. And if we try really hard, we can even squeeze us all into, into the car these days. So it's, I'm, I'm blessed, Right. I've got three vehicles. Like, most of the world doesn't own one. We've got a house, you know, that actually has more than one room. You know, I have hobbies. You know, and my hobby actually costs money. It, it, you, know, you know, some of you know, some of you don't. I, I build with Lego. I, I enjoy this as, as my hobby. And... And when I think about it, I've probably spent far too much on my hobby. I'm blessed. And so when we, when we talk about money, I, I always have to come to it with that perspective, that I am blessed beyond I can imma- what I can imagine. And so today we, we come to the topic of being a, a good steward. And we come to this story. Uh, has f- a few different titles uh, depending on what translation you're reading and what they've decided to, to put in there. Um, you know, it's always good to remember that those little titles that are entered in are not scripture most of the time, um, but uh, they're added by the, the editors to, to help us understand. Uh, so, in my Uh, translation in Matthew 25, uh, verses 14 to 30, are entitled, uh, The Parable of Talents. And it's uh, important to remember that talents were a measure of money. Um, It's not speaking of our abilities, though apparently that's where we get that word from. Um, Found that out in my research. Oh, the word talents comes from this parable, so there you go handy little piece of, you know, useless information. So we're going to read through this, this passage this morning. I'll be reading in the uh, New American Standard version, but uh, you're welcome to follow along in whatever translation you have with you. So that's Matthew 25, 14 to 30. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey, who called his slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five talents more. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, The master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master." Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you have entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival I would have had received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him, Give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this parable that you have given us. God, as we look at it this morning, as we talk about what it means to each one of us, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come. Your spirit would guide my words, that you would attune my heart to yours so I can speak what it is that you would desire, that each one of us would hear what it is that you have for us. God, where conviction needs to happen, allow conviction to occur. Where condemnation needs to happen, God, we we pray that it drives us towards you. God, where commendation needs to happen, let us celebrate that in joy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So part of me, when I read through this parable, I I, I feel in some ways that it doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. That it is fairly straightforward and, and clear. The faithful invest. They work hard and increase God's kingdom. The unfaithful lose everything. I I believe in a nutshell, that's the message of this. But I think there's more that we can glean from this passage. I think there's—this is a message to us as Christians, right? We have, to, we have to pay attention to that, that this is a message to us, right? We, these are the masters, who is being symbolic of God, and slaves. Slaves are owned by their master. We are slaves to Christ— we are Christ's servants, if you want to use that terminology. But I think the better word is slaves. We are his. And we should recognize that we're his, because that's, that's a good thing. But this message isn't to those who are outside the master's purview, right? It's not to those who, who aren't owned by the master, who aren't God's. It's to us. We are not our own, we are his. Therefore, we need to, to pay attention to this to this passage, pay attention to what he has to say to us. And if we are his, everything we have is his. In in the Old Testament, it it talks about some of the the rights of slaves and and that sort of thing. And even if a slave took a wife while he was a slave, if that wife belonged to the master, if he got his freedom, his wife did not go free with him. But his wife belonged to, to the master. It was a complicated system. But it indicates that we are not our own when we we're a slave. So this, this message clearly speaks about money, right? That word talent is, is this massive uh, amount of, of money. And so it's... Jesus liked to use really big amounts when he talked about money just, just to make clear to everyone that this is this is way up there get that what I'm saying is not based on the amount of money because I'm going to use huge amounts so you can't even fathom what I'm, I'm talking about completely. And so he uses these huge amounts of money. But it's, it's more than just about money. It is about faithful service. It's about kingdom building, right? These, these men... They had to do something with this this money. And so whether how they invested it, we're not told. You know, maybe the one went and got lumber and took that lumber and built chairs and tables and and put it to good use and then could sell that again at a value, at an increase, in in order to bring money back to his master. Perhaps he bought seed and planted the seed and had the seed grow and then had more seed and sold that at market. Or maybe he bought from one, cleaned it up, and sold it to someone else. Whatever they did, they did it effectively. They worked hard at it, they were diligent. And so our money, our lives, should be used to build his kingdom. To see the master benefit. And, and sometimes I think, you know, we can get caught up in this idea that, oh, well, we, you know, I don't know if I, I, I can really do that. You know, I, I don't know if I have the time. God gives us time, Right? It says, after a long time, God's, God's not going to cut things short for us, but at the same time, even a long time comes to an end. It doesn't go on indefinitely. There's no excuse for any of us to say, I was going to, you know, I, God, I was just about to put that money to, to really good use. I was just about to, to put everything you've given me, everything you've blessed me with, God, I was so close. I was, I was just getting ready to do that. You know, like, tomorrow. Okay, maybe next week. Okay, it, I was actually thinking like a year from now. But I was going to, to put everything you've given me to really good use. Oh, it was going to be awesome. I had a plan. But when the time comes, when when it's Over, we've run out. And we have not been good stewards with what God has given us. There's that other excuse, right? I I don't want to lose what you've given me. You know, God, you've given me all these things and I'm going to be really careful with them. So I'm not going to, you know, use them too much. You know, I just got this, you know, nice electric chainsaw, right? Works actually really good. I was, I was a little worried, but uh, I got it and it, it works good. So now, so now the question is, do I loan it out to anyone, right? Because if I do, is it going to come back very good, you know? You know, are the teeth going to be dull, dull and that sort of thing? You can ask Dave Pierce about that when his chainsaw comes back to him. Um, <laughs> I may have borrowed it a few times over the years. And so, so we can be concerned about, you know, what God has given us, right? Because if everything I have is God's, am I careful with what I have? So there's being responsible with it, but there's also being open-handed with it. And I I try to practice that in my life. Um, It's not always the easiest thing. But uh, one of the things I've I've found myself doing is is I'll make statements, and then uh, I'll see if people will keep me uh, to it, and I'll say, you know, if you ever need a vehicle, you know, feel free to ask. Um, And so I've been asked a few times, and that's awesome. I'm glad I can do that because it makes me go, okay, yeah, let's do this go ahead, use whatever vehicle I happen to have at the time. And it's, it's actually really liberating, and it's really a blessing to allow other people to, to use my stuff, right? One of the thoughts that uh, came across my mind as I, as I looked at this passage... I asked myself, if God were to come today, if the Master were to return today and call accounts, how would He judge us? If we went before Him and stood there, what would He say? Would He say those words, well done? I must say, those are Those are the two words in my ministry, life, and and before that have, have driven me to more deeply desire the things of God, to more deeply want to do His will. Because I want to hear those words. I want to stand in God's presence one day and hear Him say, well done, good and faithful slave. And I know at times he could probably look at me and go, eh. And by his mercy, he helps me. But that is my heart's desire. And, and I pray it's yours as well. Dwell on those words, think about those words. To see God standing in front of you and saying, well done. You know, we all had those those moments in our life where someone comes up to you and gives you that word of encouragement for something you've done, and they say, well done, good job. Man, that's awesome. You know, whether that's a Lego creation or whether that's something uh, you've made uh, with your own hands, whether it's a, a song you sang, whether it's a job you've done at work, whatever it is, Whatever ability, talent God has given you, maybe you used your money for something that was just a blessing. And someone said, well done. you know, Good on you for doing that. You know, that was really needed. That is so encouraging. But would God come to you and would he say, well done? Or would he speak those other words? would he say, throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness? You know, if I'm liberal with my translation, it sounds like God is saying to this person, sorry, but go to hell. That's a hard word. I know which side I want to be on, and I have a feeling I know which side you guys want to be on. This, this isn't a parable that tells us, you know, there's A, B's, and C's, you know. Some of us do really well. Some of us do kind of well. Some of us, you know, just make it. You know, there's, there's no M's or A's. There's no two stars in a wish. Uh, Teachers, you know what I'm talking about. This is pass-fail. You know? You get your driver's license or you don't. Are... Are you confident this morning that you're on the right side of this? I'm reading my notes and I'm trying to figure out what they mean. And so, so we have this picture, right, of these, these slaves who, who were obedient and diligent and faithful with what they were given. And they doubled what was given them, right? And so we can begin to put measurements on our things and say, well, have, have I doubled the investment that God has given me back uh, to him? You know, okay, well, let's see. God is given me this and, and this and, okay, so I have to produce this. and, and, and We can begin to become legalistic and, and make lists and try to determine exactly how much I have to give back to God. But that's, that's us. That's us as humans. We, we like to make things about numbers, about charts, about specifics, rather than about our hearts. Right. And so when we see this amount, we we should recognize two things. One, that it's a lot. That we need to give a lot. That there's that there's a faithfulness, a a work and effort required of us. But secondly. That what we do for the kingdom does not return back empty. What we do for God is not going to come back with a pittance, with some tiny little meager amount. It's going to come back blessed because we're doing it for God, for our master. So wherever we stand, wherever you feel like you might be this morning, it is important to note this, our long times are still in progress. The fact that you're sitting here hearing me this morning means that your long times have not come to an end. And if there's one thing I've learned in Scripture, is that Jesus is always calling us Now. Right now, he's calling us. He's inviting us to faithfully follow him. He's not calling us yesterday. He's not calling us tomorrow. He's calling us now to enter in, to faithfully serve him. And so we can go. We can go now and begin this work to see the blessing of God return as with what he's already blessed us with. Let's get going. We have to move forward. But to do that, we need to know, I think, a few things. We need to understand why Why have we withheld from God? Why have we buried it in the sand? Why have we hidden the blessing away? I think there's really three reasons why we do this. We don't know God. We don't know ourselves. And we don't know the task. These would be the reasons why... We withhold from diligent service, from faithfulness. Why we hide away what God has given us. The one slave walks up to the master and he says, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered No seed. The slave knew this uh, of the the master. And while slaves, you know, have an experience uh, of their master, they never uh, fully understand everything that's going on. So I, I wonder if perhaps the slave didn't understand his master. Maybe it was that he saw his master send him out to someone else's field to to reap a harvest there. Maybe that had been his experience. Perhaps he didn't know that the master had said, yeah, okay, I understand you don't have money to pay me this year. And, you know, all you have is your, your crop and you owe me so much. All right, well, I'll harvest it And and take that portion uh, rather than making you, you know, come up with the money which you don't have. We don't know. We don't know if this is the exact picture of what happened. But I know that in our own lives, it can often be our perspective of, of God that we don't know who He is that causes us to withhold. I've heard many times, you know, that, that people are uh, afraid that if they give their life entirely over to God, if they say, you know, God, send me anywhere, that they'll send them to Saskatchewan. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> so, or, or, or some other place. Uh, and, I, you know, I never said that um, myself, just to be, to be fair and honest. Um, you know, we, we can fear where, where God will, will send us because we think that he's malicious. You know? Because I know it, being sent here, I've been blessed by being here. Even if I had thought, you know, you guys don't have pretty mountains like I do back in BC, um, I still claim them as mine. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's it can be this false perspective that we carry about around about God, saying. I don't know, if I, if I say I'll give everything to God, he may actually ask me for everything, and then I'll have nothing. There are two things uh, that, I, that I say about God, and, and I'll say this in youth group, and I say it in other places. I say, God is good, and God is great. We need to realize these two things about God. God is good. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. And God is great. He's able to do all of those things and so much more. If we remember these two things about God, how can we not trust him with everything? He's good. He's great. He's paid for everything. He paid deeply. He paid with the death of his son on the cross for us. There is nothing I can do to ever repay him. There is no way that I can repay that debt. And he did that for each one of you because He loves you. He is good. So sometimes we don't know God. At other times we don't know ourselves. We don't recognize who we are. We don't recognize that we are gods. As Christ followers, as believers, everything we have is gods. It's his. We are slaves. We are owned by him. When's the last time you proclaimed that I am a slave of Christ and recognized that and walked out in that? That he is our Lord, right? That he is over us. Like I said, God is good. He also calls us sons and daughters. So in this same moment that we are not our own, he invites us in Into being family. God knows you so well because you are his child, because you are fully his. So he knows your ability, right? We see that the master gave to them according to their ability. He's not going to give you something that you can't do, he's not going to expect more of you than he knows he should. He's going to give you the time. He's going to give you the ability to complete all that He has for you. You are amazingly uniquely made by God to fulfill the good works that He has prepared for you to do. And they will not return empty. This is an awesome hope for all of us as as Christians that we have worth, we have value And that God's going to do great things with you if you take what He's given you and return it to Him and faithfully use it. The final thing is we don't know the task. We don't recognize this opportunity. We don't don't see it for what it is. We say, oh, God's given me something. What should I do with it? I don't want to mess it up. Um, Whole. Shove it in there. Whew. Good. That'll be safe there when I come back for it later. We, we hide things away. I love that picture of burying it. Because there are things that we just bury in our lives. Maybe you're an encourager, right? And you've encouraged people a lot Financially. Um, or not, but someone told you, you know, oh, you know, maybe you're a little too like chipper all the time. You should just calm down, be a little more somber, and so we bury it. We need to recognize the opportunities that God gives us and seize them. We need to. Be about our master's business, right? That's what the task is, to be about the master's business, what he's doing, about kingdom building. And that can happen in a lot of ways. Some people are called to use natural abilities. All of us, actually, are called to use our natural abilities, our God-given abilities, our spiritual blessings, our material uh, things that we have, and our finances, the money that God's given us. All of these things are included. God hasn't asked for part of our lives, but the whole thing. And so the task is to use everything we have for him, for his kingdom's glory. What are possessions good for? Right? Who, he who dies with the most toys wins. No, he who dies with the most toys gives the biggest headache to their kids to figure out what to do with it all. <laughs> it, it's, right? They they can now you've made your, your kids able to squabble over everything you have and, and tear your family apart. <laughs> it's it's not what we have. It's how we use it for God's glory. Possessions are good for it to be used. You know, I'm sure many of you have have bought some piece of something at some point going, this is going to be awesome, it's going to change my life. But something's happened in your life, and you haven't been able to use it at all. Summer's gone by, and the boat has sat in your driveway. You know, that new barbecue didn't get pulled out once. You know, I... My wife could probably tell you all the things that I've bought that I've never used. It, and it's these, these possessions that we're not using. It's like, well, why? They need to be. They, things are there to be put to use. And you are one of God's things. You are his people. And you are to be used by him, for him. The good news, like I said, is that he has has not returned for us yet. He has not called our accounts yet. That we can go. We can be faithful. We can strive to hear those words, well done. And when we do, when we hear those words, not only did he return, like, the slaves didn't even have to give up what they had. They had five, now they have ten. And the, the master doesn't even take it, he leaves it with them. And he invites them into his joy on top of it. Enter into my joy, the master says. Celebrate with him. Our faithfulness is so rewarded. All that aside, I just want to hear well done. And I encourage you, desire after those words with me. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for all that you've given me. God, I pray that you would just draw me in, that you would call me to what it is that you have for me to do, that you would show me how to faithfully serve you. God, continue to ignite my heart and work me so I can hear those words. Well done. I pray that for us all. Let us long, let us strive To hear those words, well done.